Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of our Blimey Cast. This is going to be the seventh episode, and in this one, you will get the chance to test your speaking skills, because this is our second speaking practice. You will hear some nice vocab, and we'll learn new expressions and advanced words. Right. This is good for people who cannot watch the video because I know how busy our lives are today. Right, and if you are fancying to practice alone, this is also great for you because you can make use of the questions I will make and test your abilities trying to answer to it. Right, the full video of it is available on YouTube and also on Instagram. Right. Let's get started. You are listening to Blimey Cast. For more information, check my Instagram profile, Blimey English. Hello everyone, welcome to another speaking practice video. We're here today to make our second practice, right? And as you know, as if you have watched the last video, I'm going to give you some expressions and some advanced words for you to use, for you to eventually be able to use them during your test. So if you have been watching the previous videos with the content I have prepared for you, so now it's your chance to practice everything you have been learning because in the second half of this class, I'm going to make the questions that I'd make for my students during a class simulating an exam, right? So I will give you time to think and to answer and you can see how that feeling of being tested would be like, right? Okay, so without further ado, let's get started. We're going to start with the related vocabulary and it is good if you have pencil and paper with you to take notes, all right? Let's see the first one. Float somebody's boat. If something floats somebody's boat, that means that that thing is what someone likes or is interested in. I'll give you one example. The first example I have prepared for you is swimming doesn't really float my boat. That means that swimming is not an activity that I really enjoy, right? Another example using the opposite idea would be now Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu does float my boat. It means Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is what makes me really, really happy because I like to do it, right? So imagine um, a boat, right, or in the sea, and then if something floats a boat, that would be something that moves you forward, right? It's something that attracts you towards something else forward. So if something floats a boat, that means something that you really enjoy doing or enjoy watching, right? Tell me down in the comments, what does float a boat? I want to know. Okay, the second one is one man's meat, another man's poison. This is a saying. So a saying is like a proverb, 
right? That we use to refer to common situations in life, right? So this is a saying to emphasize that people like different things. What is good for someone might not be good for someone else, right? For example, we had a difficult time to define the party's menu. You know what they say, right? One man's meat is another man's poison. So when you have a situation in which you don't know what to choose because people like different things or you don't simply are uh, acknowledging, are uh, noticing that people like different things, people like to do different things, then you could say that saying, that expression, one man's meat is another man's poison. This one is good for you to use during your test if you're talking about something that involves a bit of controversy. If you like doing something and someone else doesn't, so you could say that expression. For example, let's say that your examiner asks you to talk about your favorite type of films. And let's say that that type would be romantic films. But you have a girlfriend or you have a boyfriend, a wife, a husband that likes horror films. So that is a totally different type, right? So you could say that you enjoy watching romantic films while he or she enjoys watching horror films. And then you complete. Well, you know what they say, right? One man's meat is another man's poison. That would be a good one for you. Then we have the third one. There's no accounting for taste. That is similar to the previous one. That is a similar expression to say that people like different things. Different people like different things, right? This is said when it is difficult to explain, and here is the difference with the previous one. This we use to explain why different people like different things, especially things that you don't like. But the reason is that because there is, an, there is no account for taste. We cannot explain that. It simply is like that, right? It is what it is. People like different things, right? And one example here would be, I love, imagine someone saying this to you, I love working over the weekends. And then we definitely could say, well, there's no accounting for taste because definitely, I'm not saying the majority, but I'm assuming it is. The majority of people like, or at least have to work during the week, not over the weekend, right? But if someone says to you that he loves working over the weekend, so that's the case for that expression. There's no accounting for taste, right? Okay, the next one, there's method in your madness. This is a good one because it is used to explain when you have a good reason for what you're doing, although you seem to be behaving strangely, right? If you're doing something that you truly believe it's the right thing for the situation, and if someone else doesn't think that, they might say for you, what are you doing this for? Why is it? And then you just keep going with your plan, and eventually, if you succeed, they could say something like that to you. Oh, I can see now there's method in your madness. For example, let's say that you are studying to a test, like the IELTS test, right? And you are doing some things that most of people don't, right? 
So they could think that you're not doing the right thing or not preparing yourself in the right manner, right? But then when you pass a test, they're probably, they're likely to say that to you. Oh, I thought you wouldn't pass the test studying like you were, but now, you know what? There's method in your madness. See, this is usually said to acknowledge that something that someone else was or is doing turned out to be worth it, right? Okay, the next one. Horses for courses. I like that one. And this is quite British. So horses for courses is an expression used to say that it is important to choose suitable people for particular activities because everyone has different skills. For example, let's say that you are that you run a company, right? And you want to hire some new people and you need people for the human resources department and also for the engineering department, right? So you cannot hire people with the same skills for both departments, right? Because each department is in need of specific skills, right? So you need to find the right people, the right person, the right candidate for that position in each department, right? So that is when you can use the expression horses for courses, right? And I give you two other examples. Some people are better with manual tasks. So it's a horses for courses situation, see? And another example would be, we have to choose people for both departments, but you know what they say, right? Horses for courses. And I say this is another example because of the way I use the expression, right? Saying, you know what they say, right? Horses for courses. That's how you use that expression. You can say, that is a horses for courses situation, or you can say, you know what they say, right? Horses for courses. And by the way, the meaning of that expression, it's quite unsure, but I'm guessing it was because back in the day, people would need to travel by horses, right? They would ride horses to travel and they would need different type of horses for each course they would take, for each path, each way, because some horses are definitely better for the mountains, other ones are better for the road. So you would need different horses for different courses, right? And that's the origin of that one. Okay, let's go see the next one. Authenticity. Authenticity. So before giving you the, the meaning of it and the examples, mind the pronunciation here, because here we have the T, the voiceless TH. Authenticity. Authenticity, right? I know it is, it might be a tricky sound for people from specific countries like Brazil. And all you need to do is to practice, learn the right way to say it, to pronounce it, and then practice because repetition is the key here, right? Just if you caught this one right now, authenticity, it is good, but you still need to practice. So for that, I'd say to you, just repeat, 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 repeat. Okay, go up there when you finish this video saying authenticity, 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 authenticity. 
go have a bath, say, oh, authenticity, authenticity. It sounds weird, I know, but it is like that because I was, I think I, I've talked about that before with you. And I once saw, I think it was on a podcast, I can't remember which one, but there was, um, they were making a scientific analysis about language learning. Some institute ran uh, research on how people learn and remember words. And they found out that it takes somewhere between 60 and 80 times repeating or seeing or listening to the word so you can stick it to your mind. So now you can start having a grasp, having an idea about how repetition is important. Because if you just say a word one time, or if you just read a word one time, or listen to a word one time, okay, you might learn it if you are in a more advanced level. But if you are at the intermediate level or even at the basic level, you need to read so you eventually be able to remember that word and use it right so that's what I say repetition is the key and it's like you were training your brain right and not only your brain but also your mouth and your mouth muscles that's the thing you need to practice you need to train them to produce the right sound okay all right, now let's go to the meaning of it. So authenticity is the quality of being real or true. The quality of being real or true. For example, we can't deny these records authenticity. So we can't deny that these records are true, are real, right? Another example would be, they said these are Khalil's Tibran's poems, but they're actually of doubtful authenticity. I will repeat that one for you. They said these are Khalil's Gibran's poems, but they are actually of doubtful authenticity. So they were saying that, let's say that we have some poems here, right? And they say that these poems are Khalil Gibran's, but they're actually of doubtful authenticity. We cannot really know. And just out of curiosity, Khalil Gibran is a Lebanese poet. He died last century, if my memory serves, it was in 1931. And one of his main stories is called The Prophet. That's quite a short book. I have recommended it once for you. And you should definitely take a look at it if you like that thing. It's poetry is your cup of tea, right? So let's move to the next one. Immediacy, immediacy. Immediacy is the fact that something seems real and important so that you feel involved with it, right? And I give you two examples. The first one is pre-recorded TV programs have so much less immediacy and warmth than live theater. I will repeat that for you. Pre-recorded TV programs have so much less immediacy and warmth than live theater. That means they are more attractive, right? And we feel like we need to really watch it, right? That's the thing. And another example would be 
clearance sales definitely have immediacy, right? Because when some people say clearance, everyone feels like they need to go there right now, okay? Let's go to the next one, veracity, veracity. So veracity is the quality of being true, honest, or accurate. And I'll give you two examples here too. So doubts were cast on the veracity of her alibi. So they were doubting the veracity of her alibi. They were not really trusting in it, right? And the second example I give you is, the policeman expressed his doubts about the veracity of the suspect's story. I think you caught that, right? Okay, let's move on to the next one. Truthfulness truthfulness and here again another tricky sound truthfulness because now we have the voiceless th linked to the f letter so because sometimes people people are trying to pronounce the voiceless th but they end up pronouncing f like truth but that's not right truth that's not right the what is right is truth truth so the reason why is tricky the reason why this is tricky is because right after the voiceless th we have the f letter so again it's all about repetition learn the right way first and then repeat 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 so truthfulness truthfulness okay and truthfulness is the quality of being honest and not containing or telling any lies. And I give you two examples here. First one, I'm very lucky to have friends who treasure truthfulness. So if you treasure something, you think that thing is valuable. You value that thing. You attribute value to that. In that case, to treasure truthfulness means that you give value to truthfulness or to people that are truthful right and the second one is he earned a reputation for truthfulness okay let's move on now we're going to see some advanced words okay and the first word i've got to you is commensurate commensurate and commensurate means in a correct and suitable amount compared to something else. I will repeat it for you and then I will explain to you in another way. Commensurate means in a correct and suitable amount compared to something else. This is an advanced word for proportional. If you want to say that something is proportional, you can use that word, commensurate. And I give you two examples here. First, a salary that is commensurate with skills and experience. So you see, a salary that is proportional, commensurate with skills and experience, right? They're going to find the balance between them and that would be the commensurate salary, right? The second example here is workload has increased without any commensurate increase in staff. So you see, workload has increased without any commensurate increase in staff. So that would be the workload and that would be the staff. They're not increasing in a commensurate way. They're increasing in different ways. They are increasing in dissimilar ways. 
Alright, let's go see the next one. Off-putting. Off-putting means slightly unpleasant or worrying so that you don't want to get involved in it anyway. Right? Slightly unpleasant or worrying so that you don't want to get involved in it. And I give you two examples. The first one is he is slightly aggressive, which a lot of people find off-putting when they first meet him. So imagine someone a bit aggressive. That could be a bit embarrassing or even annoying, right? So you don't really want to get involved with that kind of person. So that would be off-putting, right? And the second one is, what I find off-putting is the overwhelming amount of work they expect us to do in one day. So that would be a bit off-putting. I mean, slightly unpleasant or worrying, right? Let's go see the next one. Atrocious. I like this word. I like this word very much. And atrocious means very bad or of very bad quality. For example, an atrocious film, an atrocious piece of acting. And another example would be, the weather has been atrocious all week. So, when you need to talk about something that is very bad, to use bad. Mostly, if you are doing your test. Don't say bad, because bad is a bad word for the IELTS test. Okay? So, you have other options. And this is one of them. Atrocious. An atrocious food. Right? Let's go see the next one. Abysmal. Abysmal. So, abysmal is another word for very bad or very poor in quality. For example, abysmal working conditions. Or, oh, the food there was abysmal. I don't want to really go back there. See? Let's go to the next one. Dire. Dire. And dire means very serious or extreme. And I give you two examples. The first one is, these people are in dire need of help. That means they are in serious and extreme need of help, right? And the second example, this is a more uh, accurate example for these days, right? That we're living in. And that would be COVID-19 brought dire consequences for the whole world, right? Okay, now it's time for us to start with the questions. And as you know, I will give you questions for each part of the test. And I will give you enough time to think and to answer them. Okay, so brace yourselves. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There's no need for that. I know that when you are in the test, you are already on the spot, right? What I want to do with you here is just a bit of what I do with my students, that which is to teach you how to be relaxed and enjoy the test, because that is something that can help you. Try to enjoy the test as if it was a conversation, right? And then you're more likely to get higher marks simply because you are comfortable enough okay so let's start with the questions part one questions do you have many personal items 
and do you share your things? What do you like to share? And what kinds of things they are not suitable for sharing, in your opinion? All right, that's it. We have come to the end of part one. Now, I'm going to make you a question and I'll give you some time to prepare first, right? So, if it is, it is good for you if you have pencil and paper there so you can take a note during the time I will give you, okay? I'll give you one minute to prepare and then I will ask you to stop taking notes and start talking for up to two minutes, all right? Ready? The part two question is, describe a time when someone didn't tell you the whole truth about something. You should say, when this happened, what the situation was, and why the person didn't tell the whole truth. You have one minute to prepare, starting now. All right, time's up. You can stop taking your notes and you can start talking when you're ready.
thank you, you may stop now. That was it. That is the end of the part two question. Now, some more questions related to that, right? Which is part three. So the first one is, why do you think people lie? Okay, and do you think there are good and bad lies? Okay, and what are the advantages of being honest? And do you think it's important letting other people know about our feelings? Right. And which one do you think is more effective, encouragement or punishment?
right. And that's it. Thank you. That's the end of part three. How was it? Was it hard? Was it easy? Tell me in the comments. I want to know what you're thinking. And again, as I said in the previous speaking practice, I'm not giving you my feedback here or my recommendations and my suggestions to you because this I only do during the classes, right? And I will eventually be able to do that in my online course. But it is still a very nice opportunity for you to practice your answers, right? Because I'm feeding you with advanced words and expressions so then you can eventually use them in the test right so you can watch it again you can go back and try it again giving other answer right so i hope you all have enjoyed this and the video is going to be available on youtube on instagram and also on my blimey cast this is time for me to go now and i see you in the next videos cheers you've listened to blimey cast more videos of my food content, go to my Instagram profile, blimey English.